Oh yes, hello people of podcast land. Welcome back to Modern Wisdom. It is Business Principles 102. Fast becoming my favourite series that we've ever done. Uh, don't tell life hacks. And also landed in the top 50 worldwide on Apple Podcast Chart last time we released the first one. So got big hopes for this. And today we are talking about should I go and work for myself? It's a question that we get asked all the time. All of us are self-employed and you get sang this tale, man. You 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 hear the story, the Gary V hustle and grind, like go and get after it, make your own company. It's never been easier. The best time to start was 10 years ago. The second best time is now. All that sort of stuff. It's a, a very pervasive narrative that's going through the world you can start your own business and be successful, but should you? That's the question that we go through today. So expect to hear our opinions on the debate between self-employment and typical employment. Uh, we do a really cool mental experiment that I've done with a number of friends that you might be able to do as well, which should illuminate whether or not it's time for you to ditch your job and uh, go make it on your own. You'll also get to hear the reasons why Johnny and Yusuf left high-paying graduate schemes to go and become men who sell fitness on the internet. So yes, I really hope that this helps a lot of you. I hate the idea of people loathing the thing that they spend eight hours a day doing. So uh, if you have any further questions or you want some more advice, you know where we are. Get in the comments on YouTube or message me wherever you follow me. Uh, also, this episode is brought to you by SoRite. It's a fantastic SOAS manipulation tool. All that you have to do is leave Modern Wisdom a review wherever you are listening, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher or elsewhere, and I'll choose two people to win a free SoRite. And also, if you've already left us a review, you will be automatically entered all right, quick maths. The less that your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money that you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce the costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you are improving efficiency by bringing all your business processes into one platform. Over 37 thousand companies have already made the move so do the maths and see how you will profit with NetSuite. Back by popular demand NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com modern right now. That's netsuite.com modern. But for now it is business principles time. Let's go. Joined by Johnny and Yusuf from propanefitness.com. Business principles 102. 102. Did so good. Did so good on the last one. Done gone gonna do it again. Doing another one. Gonna do another one. Was one of our most popular uh, new episodes that we've released in a while. Went down super, super well. And this episode is brought to you by SoRight. Uh, if you haven't seen one of these before, Joe Rogan and David Goggins went on about it for ages on their podcast together and it shut their website down. So there's wow. a business principle for you. 
make sure you got enough server space <laughs> that if Joe Rogan and David Goggins start talking about your product, doesn't break. Be ready. Be ready. Um, so it is a SOAS manipulation tool. If you sit down at a desk all day, we are talking business principles. If you talk, sit down at a desk all day, you will have a tight psoas. I'm right in saying it's the only muscle which actually connects the trunk to the spine. Is that right? Or one of the primary muscles that yeah. does it? Um, so it gets tight when you sit down. That helps to relieve it. We've all got one and we've been using them pretty regularly. It does help when you've been sat cranking out a big long day in the office and to relieve things. So all that you need to do, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening and I'll pick someone to win. Sorry, it's not the only muscle that connects the trunk <laughs> to the spine. It's the only muscle that crosses the pelvis. That connects the trunk. Yeah. Thank you very much. There we go. Well, so a little bit... I think is a, is a filet mignon on a cow. Oh, that's interesting. I think, so you can I eat... Think so you'll have so if I cook filet you, mignon. If I cook you... you After so using the so right, then it would be more tender. tender. Lovely. It's not load-bearing in a cow, which is why it's so tender. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, business principles. One or two. Yeah. We talked about a lot last time. We talked about our sort of genesis stories for business, about um, how we got started, about how useless a university degree is Mm. when it comes to running a business. Um, So one of the main questions that we get asked a lot is when someone should make the decision about whether or not to leave their current employment and take the big leap. Mm, into being self-employed yeah pulling that pin you started to talk about your decision when you were sat on a couch that I no longer have I think I'd made the decision by then yeah um so it is it's yeah it's like jumping out of a plane and hoping that the parachute cord works Mm. people make the decision often either way too prematurely, like, oh, mate, I'm going to start, like, a new tea company. It's going to be sick. <laughs> I've not got any clients yet. It's so accurate. <laughs> I've got no clients, but, like, I'm working. Uh, I'm just going to quit my job. Like, I'm currently working as, like, a management consultant. But anyway, like, I I know that, like, I just need, like, two days to get my drop shipping sorted. Going to sit. And it's like, <laughs> Mate, you are eight months away from lunch, and you have two weeks of... No, no, it's sick though because like you know, I'll, I'll, I've got a logo. And my mate's a designer, and he's, like, <laughs> he's gonna make my look. And you're like, oh no, just wait until your your revenue, your profits start to like eclipse your salary, and mm. then it's like, oh, okay. Mm. So, I think one of the cool, interesting little thought experiments that we've done over the last couple of years, which is a good strategy to do with other people as well. If you hear someone complaining about their job or complaining about their boss or whatever it might be, this is a good strategy to use on them. And we promised that we were going to do it before the last one. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a salary. Now, at home, you can take your own salary and deduct as is appropriate, but we'll have to... Johnny, I'm going to pretend that you are a person in a normal... Some normal job. Let's say that your take-home pay per year is £20,000. Okay? Gross. Take home. Net. You live in Netland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's say, let's say, let's say twenty grand. So that's about twelve hundred quid a month, I think. Okay. Net received, I believe. Okay. So if, if it's twenty grand gross, do you, do you not believe me? If it's twenty grand net, twenty grand gross. Oh, okay. twenty grand gross, yeah. and that's like a maybe a just below a starting salary for a graduate scheme, something like that. Maybe yeah, twenty one, twenty two. I think it's pretty much at a starting salary. Cool. So you've got 20 grand and I'm going to, you are the normal 
graduate scheme, but let's imagine that you're someone who's a little bit unhappy with their job, thinking about maybe starting up their own thing. I'm going to offer you some concessions at work. So this, this was me. Yep. I'm going to offer you some concessions. Okay. And I want you to tell me how much of your wage you're going to give me back for the things that I'm offering that you can have. Okay. Am I doing this as me? Uh, as you, as you in the role that you were at the job that you were at at the time that you left. So you are allowed to wear your own clothes whenever you want. So you don't need to go to work in office dress. How much are you going to give me back? Per month or per year? Per year. Let's take it off the 20. So yeah, I have trouble fitting in the suits. Let's say hundred quid. Across the whole year? Oh, across the whole year? I thought this was monthly. No, so a grand and a half. Oh, no, no, I can't think like that. I can't think like that. Can we do monthly? <laughs> £1,200 a year, £100 a month. But then in gross and net Yeah, that's what I mean. Just, I, get, I, I get 1200 quid a month, and in exchange for going for that 1200 quid a month, I have to go somewhere and do stuff, dress in a certain way, at a certain time. Okay. So you're saying I have to do all that, but I can go... Pajamas. Jogging bottoms and t shirt. Yeah, yeah. How much are you going to get? 100 quid. So 100 quid. I've got 1100 quid left. Okay. Now you can choose your own start time and you can choose if you want to have weekends off. You can basically ultimate flexi time. Okay. Could get up at 6 pm at night and do the shift. So I've got to do 35 hours a week, but as I please. Yes. can't believe you gave me 100 quid back per month just so you could wait. I know, I, I overhyped that, didn't I? <laughs> well, I've got it now, sorry. Fuck. Because I've, I've boxed myself into a situation here. Yeah. Because soon I'll just have nothing. We can renege on the on 100 quid. Can't so renege. Can... He's given us it. He's already given us it. How much? How much? 200 you... quid. Another 200? Yeah. For you to be able to flex around? Well, because now, hold on, is location flexed? Still got to go to the place? Still got to go to work. 100. 100. I, w- I should have done 50 for the clothes. Well, too late, sorry. So you're at a grand... Suits don't fit me. You're at a grand month now. Yeah. Okay. And I'm naked. Potentially. coming in whenever I want. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good situation, Dean, wouldn't you say? Pretty good situation. For a grand a month. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Um, now, you don't have to interact with anyone at work that you don't want to. <sighs> no, thank you. That's <laughs> fine. So does that... I'm going to be difficult. Does that mean that like a boss comes up to me and goes, you got to do this. And, and they just go, la, 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 la. And they just go. Well, no, but it would be. Black mirror blocking mm. style. Uh, it would be submitted through someone that you actually liked. Everyone okay. that you so worked doesn't with. Doesn't affect would be, my work flow. Everyone that you worked with would be someone that you liked. So you're not going to get much for that. Okay. How much am I going to get? Why, why not for that? Just because I think the thing that affects you most is like what you're doing. Okay. And like most of the stuff that happens is on a screen. Okay. Like most so, of the jobs. You know, you're going to have 50 quid for that. 50 quid. Okay. So at 9.50. Uh, now, oh. now you're allowed to work from home. Hello. The thing is, I'm... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> you can I, see the accountant in him just being like, ah, oh, right. So well, because gonna soon I'm going to have like, still a fairly shit situation for like 400 quid a month. Okay. Come on. So how much? You, how much are you giving me for working from home? Hundred quid. Another hundred quid. So eight fifty. We're down to now. Seth, so you got any concessions <laughs> that you can think of here that we would be okay. able to tempt him with? So we have flexi time. How about we work have... that I like? No, we're getting onto that. All right. Okay. <laughs> that's the that's the fucking tip of the spear. Oh, I see. That's where it just goes to zero. Yeah. Yeah. We have lo- freedom of location. Yeah. 
We have working with people that you like. Which didn't get much interest. Yeah, no, didn't um, really, didn't really. It didn't no, take no, a you said I don't have to speak to people that I don't like. You don't have to work with people you don't like. Well, yeah, that, I mean, on the flip side of that, it's working with people that you do like. But those people are there now. There's just also some people that I don't like. Right, but they're not there anymore. So that's... But they are for me. <laughs> oh, no, I paid for that, didn't I? They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. What did I pay? 50 quid? Yeah. I'm happy with that. I paid too much for the clothes, Dean. <laughs> okay. Too much for the so the, the, you're allowed to take the worst... 20% of tasks that you do that provide you with the 80% of ball egg and you can outsource that. So is that reducing my hours? Yeah. So oh, well, no, 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 no keeping keep his hours the same. So, so you, it, your hours are the same, but you're, you're, what you do day to day, what fills those hours is the nicer tasks. You're not so, paying for it? No. Okay, how about, here's this, you're no longer paid based on your hourly wage, hourly wage. You're only based on work done. You have an allocation. That's more like it. <laughs> Two hundred quid, six fifty. So you know, you'll just do a morning. Because mm-hmm. you can crack out the work of a. You can crack out the work of a normal human in in a morning. Yeah. Well, the, easily. so this is assuming that, like, in a thirty-five hour work week, you can do it in less time if you just work harder. You definitely can. You can, categorically can, but but then that that would suggest that the initial allocation of work was too low. It suggests so, that well, I think in some, in some it's not it's as as in your job. You when you completed work, you just you got more. given more. But mm. we were equalizing for hours on the previous question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's why we yeah. said no. He said no, so but I've renegotiated. You have people react to incentives. So if your incentive is I have some work to do, but I have to say till five o'clock. Are you going to work fast or not, or exactly. slow you, or medium? You are slow down. You'll just pace it out, won't you? Mm. Well, there's no reason to rush because you've got to do Monday to Friday. You've got to do nine to five. Yeah. Someone says to you, "If I finish my work too quickly, scone. You can go home in midday mm. if you just do it all." What happens to scone? Mm. Well, the concern so is then that them. you rush so much that your work gets done at a lower quality, isn't it? As long as it's at a quality that's enough. So we're so now at, at the six. moment. At the moment, I'm working a morning. Mm. I'm naked. In fact, no, I'm working whenever I want. I mean, I'll do. 4am till 8am <laughs> I'm going to do all my work for the week naked in the office before anyone gets in and you don't have to speak to anyone you, you work from home you're working from home am I? have we done that one? have we said you can work that? from home? yeah we bought, I bought that you paid for it yeah. wow done gone paid so for I'm it. getting 600 quid for a couple of hours work on a Monday morning naked at home yep sounds alright sounds, sounds pretty good sounds very like my, my life so now. my point is and we could take this all the way up I could say how much would it be to exchange the um, job that you're doing for something which you have full completive creative control over how much would it be for me to get you to um, be able to have your wage grow in line with the value that you create for the business that you are working in mm. keep on chugging away you and feel I've like managed you're adding value, like you, you feel satisfaction from you do so you can imagine if you if you're listening at home like think about this in your own head think about how many concessions you could make with all of this sort of stuff i've managed to sit around a dinner table and get someone to pay me to come to his job Mm. like hated his job a lot more than you did and you weren't a massive fan Mm. um but was just so keen to get out of the office get away from the people he didn't like not have to wear the shit suits not have to fucking blah 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 all that sort of bollocks Mm. um he was paying me to go to his job you're like, how much do you need to hate your job mm. to pay someone to not have to do it anymore? It, I think the um, so someone messaged me about 
accountancy after the last episode. Mm-hmm. And there's something that he said in the message which resonated with me, and I think this is probably the case. Anyone who like doesn't like their job, we need to go into box A, box B stuff at some point. But mm-hmm. I think people think they start a job, they're like 19, fresh out, uh, how old are you? 21. <clears throat> or fresh out of school, fresh out of uni. And they're like, oh, it's a bit crap, but it'll probably get better. And then like 20 years later, it's no It's not got better. <laughs> because of course it isn't going to get better. Like at 21, everything is completely novel. Everything's brand new. It's the first time you've done everything. People are really not expecting very much from you. You get to go home at five o'clock. And you've like, got your health. You've got no commitments. <laughs> you've got no dependence financially. Yeah. Usually your parents are in good health. Like yeah. you're in, you might be in a relationship or you might, you know, be... The dark spectre of mortality hasn't started to yeah, hang over yeah. you yet. The scythe. But I suppose, like, you maybe aren't adding much value. It isn't feeling that rewarding at that point. But I definitely felt, like, joined and felt like this, like, this wasn't really what I was expecting. I waited and hoped it would get better, and it didn't really. And also, so something else for me was I, I could see, because of the way the job I did worked, I could see people who were, like, five, six, seven years down the line. And I'm looking at them going, like, that's, that was the big one for me, looking at my seniors and saying they are miserable, mm. tired, they look old for their age. Mm. And, and they would just moan. They would just moan mm-hmm. about it. And I'm like, if, they, if they'd all been like going home at three o'clock in their Aventador to a, you know, a mansion in the, in the hills, I'd be like, fine. You know, like at least like we're all on the same page here. Like it's a bit shit, but look what happens in, you know. Because the salary but, progress is like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, so you could see that and... I think people hold on to something because they always think, oh, well, it'll turn around, it'll get better, it'll get better. And then before you know it, you're 50 and it's all too late. In a typical job, it's you're totally right. You, you have the ability to see your future years within that company ahead of you mm. and it's your boss and your boss's boss. Yeah. And so on and so forth. And sometimes, like some people will think, like, I'm really jealous of my boss. And definitely, like, the boss of most companies are doing all right. Mm. But, you know... Most organisations are also like that. They aren't like that. Yeah. Like everybody doesn't become the boss <laughs> in the top salary. So like by definition, there's, an, there's a process of elimination. So that's when the thought process for me came in of like, well, all right, there's at some point it's going to be me versus him in an interview. And I just want to go home at five o'clock and he loves staying till eight. Who's going to win the interview? Mm. So then that, so that all the questions you're asking me, like what I actually think is the best the, the number one reason to leave is if you just do something that you like doing, then you don't really think about, like, I don't care about any of that stuff, really. Like, I don't really care about now how many hours I'm working mm-hmm. or, I, I mean, I'm aware of it. I mean, you have but, had to create automatic structures on your laptop to stop you from working. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have an app on your laptop which shuts it down at five o'clock no matter what you're doing. If you're in the middle of an email or yeah, sending yeah. out an SOS call because you've been hit by a car, mm. like there is a thing that stops your laptop because, from working. Because that's, you know, that's what normal people do and I have to try and be normal sometimes. Yeah. Like we have conversations with girlfriends where it's like, you're on holiday and you're like, please, please, can I just have a couple of hours to work in the morning? Oh, yeah. I, 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 had, a, I had a difficult negotiation of like, right, we're going away for four days it is longer than I can tolerate without work I'm gonna have to I'll, I'll get up early I'm gonna have to do five to six hours in the mornings and it's like what no that's ridiculous yes I know but here we are but I'm sorry ridiculous. about me yeah sorry sorry for being me but yeah so like you don't 
I, there's a, there was a, a palpable shift for me from like, I'm here, I'm resenting it. I want to go home. I want to be let out of this mm. to like, actually, I don't mind. Like if I'm work, watching something like Love Island's on in the background, I'm like, you know, yeah. quick bit of work. Quick so, <laughs> so, so, okay. So someone, someone might be unhappy in their job. Um, what are some of the real key triggers that you think people need to be looking out for? Because unfortunately, this is one area of business slash careers which I'm wholly unqualified to talk about because I've never, except for a summer at the AA, <laughs> had a job. <laughs> summer at the AA? I was like on the call. Uh, on the you phone. weren't like was, driving the truck to no, go. No, no, no. I did not bad. know about this. I'd, it was, you'd have, you'd have known me at the time, but I just did, I did calling during my placement, yeah. Right. I was like, oh, I need some extra cash. So I went and did that for four months. Didn't like it. I'm guessing you're not going to be like oh I loved it oh, you <laughs> meant? class uh, no okay interesting so number one behaviour pacifying behaviour so self-medication yeah. when the 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 existential pain starts to bear so much on your shoulders that you're like I'm going to just blast myself on Friday to Sunday get absolutely with all sorts with, with all sorts <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to ingest things yeah, yeah. in a desperate hope that, that it's going to make this job make feel this, less yeah, shit. Much, it's yeah. exactly that. Yeah, it's like ingest things. So like looking for inane types of media to consume, putting calorie, very calorie dense things in your mouth. Um, cream. Cre- putting cream in your mouth. Just one form of medication after another. Putting, yeah, 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 like lots of... I, I joke about the cream, but people do like overconsume alcohol like get a takeaway on a Friday night because it's Friday mm. like you know I will have a special breakfast on Saturday because it's Saturday and they're like they're creating this like perfect world over a weekend it's like, it's because like the week is so unpleasant and it's, it's, uh, this is different to work hard play hard I don't think it's the same I think um, work hard play hard is like have to find time boxes for when you do productive deep work and have mm. times where you're relaxing fully mm. that's not the same as spending Friday to Sunday semi-conscious and then rolling into Monday. Work hard, drink like, hard. Oh, here we go again. It's, I suppose it's like <laughs> the, living, the living for the weekend thing, isn't it? Like if you really, like, you know, when people like post everything on Instagram being like, oh, hump day and all the shit about like, oh, it's Wednesday or halfway through the shit. Mm-hmm. Closer to one, you know, closer to Friday when I can go out and get drunk and forget about Monday to Friday. I don't mean to judge <laughs> people that do this, by the way. Like this is definitely an experience that we've, we've, been through ourselves and done this and I just think really it's a red flag it's just a warning sign isn't it's, it yeah, yeah. it's if like you're doing my knee it, hits like oh right okay. what, what have you been doing with your knee yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not yeah you, t- you are you are totally right like people should be allowed to enjoy themselves on a weekend but if that enjoyment is medication or if that enjoyment on a weekend is done to um, excess well if, if it's done in an effort to be like an anaesthetic for what's going on in the week. Yeah. So like, mm. there's one thing like going out on a Friday with your mates because you love going out on Friday with your mates and actually like you really like your life or otherwise versus I really need a drink because it's Friday. Because my boss is a cunt or yeah. because I have to wear a suit every day yeah. or I have to get up and go to work at this time or do work which isn't creative or all other things that you gave me 600, uh, 550 pounds back for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm winning. Um, but yeah, so anything to try and like avoid the Monday to Friday reality. Mm. So that's, um, that's, that's a warning sign. What else? I think just not like, it's hard because I think it's really easy when we, we both had like a something to go and do 
So I think part, part of your passion, part of the reason why I was so like anti it was I knew I was very aware of an alternative, of like how interested I was in that, mm. and like the possibility of where it might go. That's interesting so, because if that wasn't there, there'd be one of two things would happen: either you would feel like you'd lost your mojo and be like turning up for work, and you're like, "This is meant to be my ultimate purpose in life, and I really don't feel like it matches mm. with my with with some vague sense of my inner purpose," or you invest all of that desire for purpose into something like a vicarious enjoyment of something else. So like going like, and again, I was going to say like, like, (laughs) like investing it all into um, a dog or a football team or something that like, it becomes the surrogate for all of your um, meaning in your life. And that unactualized passion. Yeah. I think some, because I, I often wonder a child. If, if propane didn't exist, would I have just like learned to love accounting? Like maybe I would. I think that I'm convinced that that's what some people do. I think you could have, if, if propane didn't exist and you were on the track that you were in, I think you would have gone into a, an adjacent field that still allowed you to leverage your... Express other things. yeah. yeah. Because I think the in the so probably gym, end up working for like a, a, a social media marketing yeah pro- probably um, yeah. startup or something doing, still just doing spreadsheets. <laughs> da- Dan Gibson has a really he just sees the world as like everyone's just doing spreadsheets. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. It's true. It's all just spreadsheets. Like every graduate scheme. We we run a fitness business. Mostly on spreadsheets. spreadsheets. You run club promo. Let me tell you, Dan. My business has got nothing to do with spreadsheets. <laughs> I've seen your spreadsheets. Yeah. It's just that you don't do much with them. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> um, one thing that I can think, again, another warning flag potentially for someone who's thinking about their career, is how hard is it to get yourself out of bed in the morning when you've got work? Yeah. Like if you really, really have to fucking force yourself out of bed and you're two coffees deep by the time that you get into the office and you, it just doesn't light a fire. Mm. Like we did an episode um, for what the name of this podcast was before it was called Modern Wisdom that has never been aired um, on purpose and meaning. It took two hours. But one thing that came out of that that I don't forget is the best synopsis of what is purpose in life is a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Mm. It's like it's a the, good metric. the coolest way, just the roughest hewn way to work out what purpose is. Oh, I'm getting out of bed in the morning for something. I remember Becca saying um, after I quit and was doing this she like I was just whistling one morning like I was like drinking my coffee like getting ready putting my own clothes on um whistling and she was like she like stopped and, lo- and looked at me and like are you being like are you taking the piss and I was like what do you mean because <laughs> like building up with that like every morning was like in fact I think I even used That's to really sing nice. a song which was I don't want to go to work I don't want to go to work. Oh, if you are singing a song which is called "I Don't Want to Go to Work," I think that that's a good that, indication. But I, yeah, that's, so that's you, so I, lovely because because the, the fact that the question was even like, "Are you taking the piss?" It was so unusual that you were yeah. like so yeah, yeah. sarcastic so stops, about your life. It stops becoming work, but oh, I'm moving on too quickly. Do you not think but, that? Do you not think the reason that you got asked about that is that whistling is so. Not caricaturistically hi ho hi ho it's <laughs> off to work we go like it's just it's almost as if you're like oh what what you're going to have to go and work for your boss put your suit on peasant I'm just going to lie here with my cock out 
Hi ho, hi ho, yeah. hi ho. <laughs> I pay two hundred pounds a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to have the yeah. privilege. You've got no idea how much it cost me to get to this position yeah. to, to be able to whistle house. in the morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, so escapist behaviour. Um, not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Sense of mojo lost, vicarious enjoyment of putting your meaning into something. And the stuff I said before as well, like you, you just don't like it. Like you don't feel excited. You don't feel, um, cause the, there will be people who work a nine to five job, I assume, who love it, who feel like they're valued, who feel like they add a lot, who feel like they're really good at it. So this is my next, a lot of independence. This is my next question, which is, you can be unhappy in your job, and many people are. I think the statistic is that eighty-five uh, percent of people in the U.S. are either neutral, or neutral, or unhappy. actively uh, dissatisfied, mm. um, as actively unengaged, as opposed to uh, actively engaged. Fifteen percent people in the U.S. That's it. So the only uh, the the option for you is not only to go work for yourself, though. Absolutely, you can yeah. move to another bureaucratic organization, you can move to a startup, you can move to other things. So the next question is, okay, we've worked out that someone, if you're not unhappy in your job, then like, fantastic, listen and enjoy the remainder of these episodes, use them to supplement your understanding of the business world, but you don't need to think about how they're going to apply to what you're doing. Mm. Stick at what you do and become better and move up within that organization. Whereas, next little route down the thought tree is... I'm unhappy. Should I work for myself or should I move to another company and work for someone else? How so, do we, how do we work that out? On that note, there's a very, so you, this, this thought experiment you did where you take away certain mm-hmm. things, you know, Juji Mufu, mm-hmm. the, the guy, the like now very famous and, and rich ac- uh, acrobat. He initially set out, set up his life in the way that you described to start with, which was that he had a job that was like 10 till four and he was, I think it was like bookkeeping or like admin stuff that was quite cognitively easy. It allowed him two hour lunch break, flexible time. And he set it up so that he was able to do as much like dancing around in the grass as possible and training and just enjoying his life and didn't care about like, um, up, what was it called? Upward mobility. Upward mobility or anything like that. He was just like happy to just turn up, do the job and, and set up his life so that his job was low stress and low cognitive load. Incidentally, he ended up <laughs> becoming very Doing really well. Yeah. Um, so that the people that I come into contact with who love their job usually aren't doing it because of the salary. And I think a lot of the people that I've spoken to were like people who are like in one of our programs who are leaving their job. It's they they started it because of like the gross annual salary. So I think certainly the world I was in, like, there's a lot of talk about you know people are leaving that accountancy firm to go into industry and all people talk about is the annual gross number. Because at and the end of the day, it's just... But you're not taking it home. Because well, it's it, getting chipped into like a motherfucker. home, but like no one ever talks about the hourly net pay, which really is... Because you don't get hours back, but money renews monthly. So every month someone puts money into your bank and says, I'd like all these hours, please. But no one thinks about that. They think like, but it's 55 grand instead of 50. Yeah. So mm. the... What was the point off the back of that? Juju Mufu working in a job that allowed him. Oh yeah, so like do, so you're in this position, you don't like your job. What do you do? I would say, do you have anything in your job now that 
you are much better than your peers are. So I think a lot of people have like a skill that they might be like outstanding at, for example, that's a specific skill. And you think, well, could I go and just do that somewhere else, for example, and maybe not chase the number, but instead just chase the interest. Mm. And this is, I mentioned this in the last podcast about what Alan Watts speaks about. Like if you are genuinely really good at something, firstly, you'll enjoy doing it because you'll feel competent. Mm. You'll feel like you're adding value. And if you're very good at it, chances are, you'll be able to command a good salary or a good fee or whatever. So that may then manifest in a business or you may need that skill may be required in another business. So like people who are like interested in photography, for example, who might be exceptionally good at that, might go and do that for another business or go do it for themselves or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I think the decision to like set up your own business has, there has to be a desire to want to do that. I think that if that if there's not a natural like I really want to do that, mm. then I think it's probably a bad idea. Not probably as well if your particular passion or whatever it is that you have this pull towards doing for a profession mm. can't be facilitated by somebody else. Yeah. So yeah, with me, I couldn't go work for a, I couldn't go work for yeah. another promo company running these events in these clubs because they didn't exist. Yeah, and we were the same. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think. That that probably comes from pursuing an interest rather than a mm. salary. Mm. Um, and if so, it turns out financially successful, that's kind of a side benefit. Yeah. On a, a point about the salary thing, my flatmate at university went out of uni and went straight into. So he did it. This was thirteen years ago, or twelve years ago. So it would have been before placement years were quite as ubiquitous as they are now. That. Pretty much everyone that I know either does a gap year where they'll go traveling or does a placement year in industry or whatever it mm-hmm. might be, especially in business related degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 21 years old, out of university, wet behind the ears, had lived at boarding school throughout all of like 13 to 18 as well. So just being completely insulated for all this time, well-rounded guy, went straight out of university, straight into the Aldi graduate scheme. Oh yeah. Which is 60 grand a year with a free Audi. Yeah. Um, but no one told him. 70 hours a week and he'd be traveling all over the Northeast. Yeah. I remember I, I knew a few people who it, it wasn't Aldi. I think it was maybe Tesco did a similar one, but the Aldi was the one that everyone spoke about was mm. being like, cause the salary was the good. mental salary. Yeah, see, I, I remember that as well. Like yeah. thinking like, Ooh, Aldi's, but people got sent to like Bradford for six months, with no warning. <laughs> and you're like, all right, you just, you know, the, you know what the like, um, on ramping process was for that you had to spend the first two days as a checkout assistant you have to work your way up from the bottom yeah but you just do it at like an unbelievably accelerated yeah Um, (laughs) it's like it's like you move through someone's career of just 15 years in the space of like two months that's quite clever actually it's cool you you get a full stack um experience we said it on business principles 101 you need to understand everything from the ground floor up the technician to the manager that makes sense but i mean so this guy was in otc so he's an officer training core he's a hard guy like fucking could stick stuff out was happy and he was you know 21 years old with 60 grand a year coming in and Audi A4 parked outside Mm. lasted six months yeah lasted for as long as his probation was through so that it didn't look like he quit the first hurdle gone Mm. so when you when that sort of thing isn't right for you it's interesting one question that comes to mind at the moment do you think that there is a job out there for everybody to like a job that someone loves out there for everybody? Probably not. I'd agree. Yeah. I think that there's this like, 
you know you can, <coughs> you can get paid for your passion and everybody can can just monetize what they love man mm. and it's like I still fucking need my street cleaned I still fucking need like, <coughs> that's a different question that's yeah. is there a person for every job versus is there a job for every person and I think the the problem is that everyone wants to be an Instagram influencer juice plus coach <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not but the, the, there's vast demand for certain jobs and there's very little so like we know someone who very cleverly um, so he's a smart guy had an option to go into investment banking or corporate jobs and instead said I'm going to go into construction because I have this level of interest and drive in something that I know that if I were to apply it to investment banking I would be in a in a sea of extreme competition and not get anywhere. Mm. Whereas if I enter more of a blue ocean and really pound it in the construction management sector. Ah, so he saw a weak, weak competition professionally in a particular sector. So it's really then like, if you're willing to do a job that is kind of boring or unsexy, like, so I know someone else who runs a Portaloo business and he's doing really well Mm. because like, it's not a sexy, you know, but he doesn't care. That's still kind of hunting for the, for the paycheck though, isn't it? Like that, I suppose it is all just about, so it's kind of the, it's the Mark Manson subtle art, I'm not giving a fuck. It's like, it's what you're willing to tolerate. So, you know, there's a part in that book where he talks about like the, the person who loves the nine to five job is the person who is all right with the shit things about the nine to five job. The person who's good as an entrepreneur is the person who's all right with the fact that like next month, you might, might make no money. You might make no money. Ne- you know, next month, oh. in six months, you might be out of business. I like that because because there's, there's no value judgments applied to either one. It's like what is your tolerance for uncertainty or for yeah you know security. So that's it. That's the next literally the next question. Like the what we're talking about is should I work for myself? Choosing the role, the relative benefit versus risk or downsides. Of... Just seen the last line. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I said to Yusuf that I had a special question for him. Right, he's, oh, he's no, 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 I'll do it now. I'll we'll do it now. It. I'll do it now. Oh. So, I wanted to ask Yusuf about specific Arabic approaches to business because Yusuf is mining Johnny's window into the Arab world, and I just wondered if you have any family members or any uh, any friends that are Arab mm-hmm. who sell batteries have a particular approach to business and if you had anything I, I mean signature to do with their style to do with Arab business style I mean my my Arab family still believe that homosexuality is a is a is a disease that is spread through advertising on the internet oh my god and so, so like is this the 1660s <laughs> but um, Arab, so you're going to have to elucidate on Arab business principles Arab approaches to business Arab approaches to <laughs> I'm sure there was a module at uni where you could study, like, because haven't they got different oh, do you, do you mean banking like, rules? Yeah, do you, no, no, so do I don't mean, mean, I mean, oh, I mean, right. cultural, oh, cultural right. approaches to... Not, not Islamic finance principles, because that, that is, that is a very, that's a thing in itself. Oh, I, right. I, I wrote a dissertation on that. Oh, right, that's, but, that's what I'm, yeah. yeah, right, okay. No, not that. I mean... So, so, so <laughs> no, not the thing that I know loads about. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean... The thing that he doesn't know anything about, but you would like him to. <laughs> yes. Got it. Yeah. What like if you if you made if you made your brother run a business. Okay. Or your I sister. See. Yeah, that's it. right. So there's so my, my brother has done business in Egypt and they're very much about like 
Oh, come in, Habibi, we will do big deal with you again. Like, making big promises and not actually delivering on them. Or Is that just part and part? What happens when they don't deliver and you go back and you say, Everyone's on, just late and kind of... This is, this is Egypt. But also, um, there is more of a sense of... Like, maybe it's a political climate, but the, there's, a, there's a situation where, like, entrepreneurial characters will f- create jobs for themselves out of um, exploitation. So, like, you'll have people who are employed by malls to open automatic doors for people. So the automatic doors there, and they'll go... <laughs> as, as you walk in past. You're fucking kidding! Like, just because they have to fill up their numbers, like, so that the mall has to, like, set a certain number of employees for their thing. So there's a oh, man who God. waves at the sensor. Yeah. For so a fee. For people, like, well, they're like, getting tipped. Want, wants a tip, Yeah. <laughs> But then there are other people who will just create their own so that in the street, they might like, you'll be parking and they'll like stand behind you and be like, yeah, yeah, fine, come on. And you'll be like, I don't need your help. I'm I'm fine. And and then basically they're blackmailing you because if you leave and you don't tip them, they, yeah. Well, it's a dysfunctional, all that stuff. It's the same. And I am around these guys all the time and they're lovely. I just wish that they would go and work behind the bar, toilet attendants. In nightclubs. Oh uh, okay, so the similar approach. I just, I you, like you don't get your car key. I want to get my own paper towel. I want to put the soap on my own hands. Like I don't want to feel guilty every time that I go to the bathroom when I work in clubs. Like, if I were doing what they do, I would invest like the first week's wages or however how long it takes, and I would buy an iZettel contactless point of payment. Uh, because like, and they say, "How much do you want it?" I'm so not legit. sure that all of these guys are running legit. It doesn't. It doesn't matter about that. I know what you're saying, but like, how many people have a couple of quid? How many people have a contactless card or an or an iPhone? Or so this is. A I just think they get more, even if they even if it's now taxed. God forbid. No, I, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Okay. This, this is a controversial point, though. Like, I've, oh, I've, I see what you mean. I've heard someone describing um, <laughs> homeless people as trading in guilt, or trading. I was in a blog post. Uh, trading in shame. It mm. was. It was an old coach that I had that said that, and I was like, it took me a while to kind of get around what he was saying. But I suppose, like, ho- homeless people, I don't think they are trading in shame. I think they they have no choice. But the people in the um, the t- yeah. That you're right. The social cost of leaving is like, well, he did get the paper towel for me, even though I didn't want him to. Mm. It's it's imposing a service on you. Or like in America, have you been to New York? Yeah. Where you have people who go, like, yo, you like rap music, and you can buy my CD, and you're like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, so it's homeless people in America do this a lot. I've just come back from America, um, and when when someone has no other option is when I'm like, well, come on, like get your hustle on, like I'm sweet, as long as it's not stealing. As long as it's not illegal, like if you can make some cash, then fantastic. But when we were in a soft top car and guys would come up with like their dirty rag t-shirt and be like, hey man, you want your car washed? I'm like, mate, I'm no, a fucking red you. light. How how washed are you going to be able to get the car mm, in the next 15 seconds? Yeah, with that t-shirt no that I've just seen you take off. Oh, There's like, an important business principle behind that, isn't there? Which is don't force something on the market when there's no demand for it. Don't force a shit service on the market that doesn't want Yeah, like you, you it's it's not for you to decide what the market should should have and should want. It's mm. like you look for the demand and you redirect it to your service because you offer a better 
option than there was a bed in Vegas that was just standing there going, "Does anybody have any money for hookers and cocaine?" <laughs> and I like I've never felt more of a pulling to just go like because he made me he made me laugh, and I thought like so he's redirected the, the demand of like the balls well, on that guy to just like this is what I'm going to do with the money can I can I have some money and he looked like from his little collection looked like he was doing alright. We heard George Carlin address that where he's like. When people say like, oh, uh, maybe you see a homeless guy and they're like, oh, I'm not giving him any money. He's just going to spend it on cigarettes and alcohol. And it's like, well, that's what I'm going to spend it on. Like, <laughs> and, and what else do you think he's going to spend it on? Like, he's not going to go buy some real estate, is he? So like, That was a like, point that Rory Sutherland made about the fact that if you give money to people in small amounts, they will buy immediately gratifying things. Because in small increments, money can only give you small amounts of happiness. And conversely, people think, don't give um, people from low incomes, like, all of their year's allowance of, like, um, payments in one go because they're just going to spunk it all and do whatever. But the converse is actually shown to be true. That if you give someone £100 every week, they'll just keep on buying Mm. fags. But if you give someone £5,200... They'll actually think, oh my God, I've got £5,200. Look at all of the things I can do with this £5,200. That's yeah. so interesting. I should save some. I should. Yeah, yeah, I can invest some. I can buy, oh, yeah. I should buy a bike and then I can get to yeah, work and then I can have facts. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to, <laughs> yeah. what can you do with 100 quid a week? Like, get yourself pissed and have a, have a tab. Loads of wine gums. So like, wine gums. Yeah. Is that what you do? And fudge. Oh, a bit of fudge. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Arabic approaches to business we've got the fact that they're a bit like forthcoming and everyone kind of uh, plays the big man anything else any other sort of signature playing the big man over promising under delivering mm-hmm. um, it's very macho kind of not wanting to lose face and being very kind of like a quite chest beaty uh, is everyone does everyone wear shirts I'm, that are open down to the sternum? I mean, I'm I'm massively generalizing, but like <laughs> that's is, the yeah. point. That's what we're <laughs> yeah. trying to do here. Um I imagine very hard negotiations, shouting. Uh very passionate. But but then again, like Dax wax. But like and you, Brill you, Cream. You, then again, like you know, all Arab countries are countries that operate functionally and have a full spectrum of, of business people. <laughs> so so there are there are very, you know, sensible, quiet business people that work for kind of Corporate, Look, what we want to hear about Chris wants you to we're, pretend that they're, they're all just stories. like Cuban drug dealers that yeah. are just yes. like because that's what they're like aren't they, thought, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> aren't they? that's what I thought thank you right. Right. getting right. back to whether or not we should work for ourselves um, so relative uh, benefit versus risk um, we just touched on it there I think personal preference and actual approach to risk is a big part of this like can you deal with potentially going for two months or three months without earning any money. Yeah. That's both a financial question and a psychological question. Mm. Like, are you able to take the concern of, fuck, I might make no money this month. Mm. And then I might not make any money next month, despite having and, done and be 40 all, hours of work. Right with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's why I could never be a trader. Can't be yeah. a trader. Oh, every time I try and trade, business. every time that I try and trade, can't do it. So, so this is a like yeah a case of what's your threshold because trade even full time traders say don't trade for income trade for wealth creation wealth like growth of capital but have a separate income because if you're reliant on your monthly paycheck is dependent on your profits from trading day to day 
and you're watching that that horribly the, the stressful red, the red candlestick. Oh, it's the same disgusting. reason why surgeons aren't allowed to operate on family members. Is that is that true? I, I imagine so. Yeah, like you just can't see the you can't see the wood for the trees, can you? You're just panicking. So like yeah. buy or sell or do something stupid. If I was a full time trader, my Anus. Long Nike, my Adidas. anus would be <laughs> constantly Blackberry. pulsating. Ubisoft. <laughs> the boys, the boys are laughing because <laughs> the couple of forays I have made into trading have been things you like, bro. Trading. <laughs> Chris, you really well. Like, I did do really well. Did really, really well. I like. I like the. Co- I like the trailer for the new Call of Duty f- uh, game. So I bought some Activision. And so that's a really smart play, and I bet it worked out really well. Run up. There you go. Like all these people looking at like GDP forecasts, and you just like, well, Call of Duty comes out in a month, so all these traders are going to miss that. <laughs> Anton, come and talk to him. Mate. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What else? What What are some of the other things that people need to consider? So oh. we're t- we're talking about a sideways move from your current job, which you hate, mm. into potentially another job, or then perhaps working for yourself. So, because even sorry to interject, even if you have a passion that you like and you can monetize and do all the rest of it, mm-hmm. if psychologically your profile doesn't allow you to not uh, to have self directed work and not have a boss who's laying out your structure for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult. Maybe you could get a PA who could try and structure your week, perhaps, or something like, like that. that. That guy who paid a PA, paid someone to slap him every time he went off task. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> Is that like the ultimate Pomodoro discipline? Yeah, I, I, thought, no, no. I thought one of you sent this article to me. It was a guy who paid someone to just sit in a cafe and watch him work and slap him whenever he like changed tab or changed app or anything. And he said he didn't get slapped that's once. That's worth every penny. Yeah, he, he, that's what he said. Yeah. He was like, it was the most productive. So he only paid, he paid per slap. Or did he pay per hour? Per hour. That's like playing for clicks or impressions, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> However, Bastard. I think that's, that's what you said there about the sideways move is really inter- really interesting point. Because the first decision is, should I work for myself or should I not? Can I tolerate the uncertainty of income? And then secondly, like there is probably a lot of benefit, a lot of advantage to working for like a small startup of like five people or 10 people. George is doing that. Yeah, so George is doing that. You're exposing yourself to a huge potential upside mm. um, with like maybe even a if you can get like a share in the company or whatever. George did that. But also... Um, Talking about George. The sideways move, like if you're going to... So like we were saying with Johnny, like going from accounting to something that you can still leverage those skills, but in a different... At least go into the right sector, like go into something that you is yeah. slightly more aligned with what you want to do. Was there a moment when you were like, right... This is it. I'm out of here. Uh, Apart from obviously, th- that moment was technically when you sent the when you sent the message that said I'm leaving. It's not. You don't send a message. You go into an A to Z menu. Go to R, <laughs> click resign, fill the form in, then press yes. <laughs> wow. You know when you just feel like they're going. No, no, no. Please don't go. Please don't go. Mm. Was there a this decision has permanent consequences? It felt very final. Was yeah. it a cancellation funnel? No, there wasn't actually. Really? No, there was nothing. There no objection handling. No, no. <laughs> um, was it? Was it too expensive? Was <laughs> it? Are you sure? And then the "Are you sure?" button was in the opposite colour to yeah, the one that you right. think it is. It's, it's green, 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 green. Are you sure you won't resign? No. Oh god. <laughs> um, <laughs> dark patterns. Um, I remember filling out the form. Becca was in the shower, and I was like, "I better, oh, fucking hell!" Like, press like hovering over resign. I was like, "Just go." 
I'm definitely going to do this. She was like, yeah, well, I'm like, thanks, Becca. Oh, and then you're like, this is the, mo- the immediate moment, like, what have I done? And then you're like, oh, actually, this is exciting. Started whistling. But it was... <laughs> immediately. Know, but the... I tried... Before I left, I tried to do something within uh, the firm that was, like, a bit more in line with what I found interesting. So it was like, they were looking at bringing in you know, loads of new... Um, like AI and smart technology and stuff. And they were looking for a team of people to like front that. And uh, I got offered the role to do it, to be on that team. I had to go down to London and like, you get to see the Canary Wharf office and it is like super like, you're like fucking hell, this is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, got, got offered that and then told my like line manager, this is what I'm going to do. And she was like, oh yeah, cool. But like, you're doing it on top of your audit work. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> and I literally thought at that moment, like, I'm quitting. Done. Wow. Didn't say it to her, but and then she, I then spoke to her on the phone, and I said, "Like, would they be able to enforce that? Like, if if you just said no, like they want me, I, I can." No, because it's all under the same. Uh, there is there is a call that they do, um, where they say, "Like, what are you going to do? Like, we can talk about matching salary and all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, who, where are you going to work? It's like I'm actually, I'm going to I'm going home to sit in my pajamas. I'm going to start and try and grow an online fitness business. And she was just like. All right. Well, I can't. I can't compete with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was yours, Yusuf? Very, very similar. Um, it was like send the send the boss in it. So it was throughout the year having to keep it completely under wraps that I'm applying to med school because um, it obviously it would be the end of the job because you were on like a training program where they're investing a lot in you. Um, even flatmates didn't know. Family didn't really know. I think Johnny knew towards the end. Fuck me. So you'd oh, gone so like, like full yeah. Egyptian Black secret ops, yeah. service. Black Ops bodybuilding project. Oh, stealth mode. And like <laughs> preparing for this entrance exam, which was like every day after work, four hours, weekends, just all all waking time, just pounding it through the whole, whole time. Um, and then when I passed it, I was like, right, I've got like three weeks to, to give in my notice and then to get set up. So I sent the boss an email. As soon as I got the result, can I have a chat with you on Monday? Met up on Monday, sat down in the little room. She was like, so you're quitting, yeah? Like joking. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, you're, you're not, not kidding. Okay. Uh, what are you, what are you going to do? I was like, um, going to go study medicine. She was like, Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say you wanted to work for Goldman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't compete with this, so I, good luck, but you must specialise. Okay? Don't be GP. You're GP. Yeah. Was there a moment when you knew that you wanted to not do BlackRock and to go and do... Uh, Quite training? early on in BlackRock. Okay. Because... So probably I'm just trying to the, find that identifier, yeah. Yeah, so first of all, it's like you go to New York, you see the intense passion that everyone has for the job. Like they send you for a month in New York and you have to do like a bunch of um, induction stuff. And you see people there who are just all like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, super like masters in various financial sciences and really just so passionate about the stuff. I fucking love it. They, they absolutely get such a stiffy over it. And like people, like they'll have high, high powered execs from different um, parts of the company coming in and they're, they're like bursting for these questions. Like, oh, what do you think about like um, potassium exports in Kazakhstan? Do you think that's going to be? And, and, like, and you're like, oh man. Like, you're like, mate, do you think I'm a fucking 
<laughs> and then you, you chat into them you know, over breakfast you're like oh this is a nice breakfast and they're like yeah so uh, what do you think about uh, fixed income in Europe I'm, I'm really interested in bond pricing <laughs> and, and so you just think like you can't maintain this and then once you get back you look at the the progression the people who are 10 years ahead of you and you think I don't want like this is the the direction that you set on. You don't want to be that person, or you don't want to like nothing about this whole path is attractive. You, you didn't want to be that person right then. Yeah. So ten like, years of that person, as if it gets well, better, but it just doesn't. Yeah. Because I, I think like I, I I remember thinking like, what is the best case scenario? Like, if I stay here and everything goes perfectly, mm. what will be happening? And like I'll be round that corner, <laughs> much older than I am now, having been here for ages. I'll still be looking at a very similar laptop, just looking at slightly different spreadsheets. You've only got one screen as well. One screen, yeah. Oh, they have, sometimes they give them a, a, like VGA to VGA. Oh, cool. Or HDMI now. Um, (laughs) But like a lot more responsibility, a lot more money, but like same building, longer hours, more like your life's exactly the same. Mm. Just when in the time that you have, when you get home, before you go to bed, like if you want, you can buy like really posh things online. Mm -hmm. And then at the weekend- Like seltzer water. Like sells like loads of it, and then like you go on nice holidays. So in the in like the twenty five days a week that they give you, yeah. Sorry, yeah. 25, <laughs> I wish that would be mint. Yeah, twenty five days a year that you can spend out of the work, you can go somewhere that costs you more money. So I spend all of something. my like holiday time like standing in surgery, like shadowing surgery. Oh, it was like God. a pre pre application thing. Like, oh, did you have a nice holiday? You're like, yeah. Watch loads of. Um, but I think if the best case scenario isn't like wow then like what's the point yeah Mm. definitely like you might as well so I I thought like I'm just going to position myself in something where I'm like if that really works out that'll be fucking class Mm. that's the George McGill approach isn't it like what what decision would produce the most luck and just going that's (laughs) such a great metric well I'm like you in a job you have someone decides your upside for you and your upside is on a trajectory you can't really accelerate that you can't do a year faster yeah how fast is the trajectory like it's three years to qualifying and then it's like normally two years and you make manager and then it's a certain amount of time manager and you make obviously yeah and most people leave that's the business Mm. model it's so it's so weird isn't it like that your progression because there's so many people creaming off the top and because progression is based in a lot of bureaucratic organisations based on seniority, not on capability. It's based on time served a lot of the time. Because yeah. otherwise, like, you would employ grads and then the smartest grad, you would just take him up here and give him the biggest, like, if he's legitimately smarter than all the management, then, like, why would you not promote him? But he's got to have the well, time. Experience? But, well, yeah, but there's, there are points at which, like, experience is outpaced by yeah. intelligence. Mm. But the this idea that like you can't really accelerate that. So you're going to be in there for that amount of time anyway. Mm. If you don't really like that, then I don't know. I think it's a lot to do with the way that people are wired and yeah, I hope that people aren't getting like triggered by, well, like you can be, but this is just our experience. Though, it's the way that I'm, um, it's the way that, and it's the fact that all three of us are wired the same way, but I think a lot mm. more people are than, than think uh, that they are. I certainly like a lot of my friends are working in accountancy jobs and, you know, seem to, at least they don't say to me, mm. like, I hate it, but I'm, I'm suppressing my feelings. Like, they seem to like it. Mm. And I, we disagree on it. But, you know... That's a preference. That's a preference, yeah. yeah. Like, I they, think it, it, it's, it's interesting that I feel like I get a lot of judgment about what I'm doing. I judge them, I suppose. But, like, as long as they enjoy it, 
I think it's great. So I think maybe going back to the Daniel Sloss jigsaw analogy, like different people value different things, right? Mm. Like those people, it was totally like you said about Juju Mufu, that he had a job which facilitated him to do the things he cared about, which happened to be his side projects of um, training and doing acrobatics and other things like that. Other people might really fucking love their family. Their family might be a huge part of their thing. And as long as they've got the money that they need to be able to take life on and then spend time because they've got a massive family or they really love their brothers and sisters or mum and dad or their boyfriend or girlfriend or future wife or whatever. Sick. Like Whereas, that's, like, that's, that's fantastic. We are three slightly autistic um, young men with, with no family. And so what our preferences yeah. are doesn't. Well, I need to, to people, weirdly enough, we fill the void. I say this all the time. Like Darren, my business partner has a family. He has two dogs and a wife and now two beautiful baby boys. I also have a family. Mine are just businesses mm-hmm. and projects on the side. Mm-hmm. I have a podcast and I do my modeling and I do traveling and I do, you know, to, 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 yeah. to roll it out. I do property and blah, blah. Like that's, that is my surrogate family because I think that a lot of people have this pent up um, forward momentum that they need to invest into something and they might invest it into dog, football team, some sort of passion. They might invest it into family, um, like growth of the home unit, whatever it might be, or they might invest it into business. And it's weird that there is, you're right, there's this weird sort of value judgment about, well, the Gary V hustle and grind says that you've, you know, if you're not making a business, then it's fucking bullshit, mate. And you're just working for the man. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, like if you value the stuff that's outside of working for the man, crack on because yeah. the man's going to facilitate you because you can turn up to work. You have to do something catastrophically fucking shit to not get a paycheck at the end of the month. You have to get, you literally have to get fired, yeah. which is actually a legal process, which is a nightmare. Like to fire someone is difficult. Lemon. Lemon <laughs> difficult. Um, the, what was I about to say? Oh yeah, I think the, so there's, there's definitely judgments both sides. So like, I think entrepreneurs judge people in jobs because like, like, like working for the man, job. mate. Yeah, and like people in jobs judge, judge entrepreneurs because they're like, oh, they're waste man. Like, they never do anything. Yeah. But I think the, the only time I think it's a shame on both sides is when people are doing something and they're just like shagging their short term everything because they are so entranced by this idea that like, when I earn X, I will, it'll, y. it'll all be brilliant. And like something that's, that happens when you are running your own business is you're exposed to like when you, when you're earning salary, like you get like two grand, two grand, two grand, two grand. Like, yeah, you get a bit of savings and maybe get a bonus. Mm. But when you're an entrepreneur, like you might, you, your revenue no grand no Re- grand revenue, <laughs> revenue will be this but then revenue might be this and it might be this so like this month and you, you I don't think you know this maybe, maybe you do this is the biggest revenue month we've ever had in propane man and, congratulations well yeah but like I, I don't care and I thought I would like I remember the entire time doing this thinking like when we pass X mm. I'll be so but like I'm, I live in a reality where you're, it's proven that it just doesn't affect anything. Like there's a number on a spreadsheet somewhere that's different and it's past a mark that you set for yourself arbitrarily. When you think of your life like that and you think like, well, what would be different? Like I'd wake up and I'd have a coffee and I already buy the coffee. Yeah. Would I buy a nicer coffee 
Well, I mean, I, I don't have a coffee at all, but uh, <laughs> but like I'm not a nutter, <laughs> <laughs> fucking psychopath. Um, but then are you like, oh, I put on a pair of shoes. Like, would I buy a nice pair of shoes? Okay, if I did, could I buy them now? Changes. You're like, yeah. you probably could afford all the little upgrades that you want now, like Mister Money Mustache. Oh yeah, what he says, just just get the upgrades immediately as soon or like, as early he as he like can. has like a really nice coffee and a really nice piece of chocolate, and it costs him like a quid more. Yeah, right. But his quality of life is like way. So then, if you yeah. if you if your income was to double, what would you do? What else would you do? Yeah, so this is something that I think about a lot, and it's <clears throat> something I've talked about a lot as well. It's a shame that I've not done this at the start of the podcast, but the uh, relative difference between how materialistic you are and your means to be able to get that end. Mm-hmm. is one of the biggest determinants, I think, in terms of someone's satisfaction, Absolutely. especially now. Yeah. Like, if... So if you, you're very materialistic, but you don't have the means, big, big sadness. Catastrophe. Mm. Like, if you... if you've, Because I don't know, I don't know whether you could class it as, like, a, a genetic predisposition, but it's certainly something that your family will have instilled in you. If your family um, always bought nice things, if there was a... a atmosphere of keeping up with the Joneses if prudence was kind of looked down on or just wasn't something that was drilled in then you are going to have a a higher natural level of spending than we do like all of us here are quite scrimpers and savers um and if that's you you need to get your fucking nose to the grindstone because you're going to be unhappy because if you there have is a high preference for for spending stuff. Yeah. If you like nice things, if you always have to have Gucci sliders and you always have to have that sort of stuff, you better hope that you're going to get a fucking good job. Well, the fact because... that I walked in in this t-shirt and you both were like, "That's not your t-shirt." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Says I, I find I spend a lot less on stuff I thought I'd spend money on. So I thought I'd spend money on like constantly getting new clothes and like constantly. Like, I thought I would have, like, lapped up the latest laptops and all that sort of stuff. But actually, the stuff I spend, like, disproportionate amounts of money on is, like, fucking... Training co- courses. Co- yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and yeah, I do have moments where I'm like, well, why am I doing this? And it's not because I can earn more money so I can buy... More courses. <laughs> yeah, it's, I just, like, find it really interesting. And when you just... When you're just like in a world where it's just all just really interesting. Well, you always make you, a return on, on investing in yourself. In anyway, some way. So, yeah. especially business coaching or business... Yeah. Like or any anything like unless that, yeah. you buy the four thousand pounds down to three hundred and fifty pounds. Um, oh. What was that one? Oh, the, like the ultimate bundle. Yeah, Yusuf bought Yusuf bought a bundle. Um, oh, got he just got God. fully upsold. <laughs> Went on a website. I think fifty. Oh, right. oh right. but yeah. it was like down to down to down to this. It's yeah. like one nine 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 point eight percent off or something. Yeah. It's just um, reason. So yeah materialism and means to achieve that or to get to that is like a real big thing. And I, I'm, I'm very thankful that I don't have that, but I've had the same car now for four and a half years. Mm. I think as long like, as I've, no, 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 he had a Renault, Renault, oh, black yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was an RS. And then after that, I had the Audi soft top. And then I've got this, but like, it's to the point where I've, for, I've forgotten. You had yeah, those cars. Yeah. 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 So it's been, it's been that time, but in that same time, I've got four houses. Yeah. Like, because for me, and even that's not about wealth creation. It's about, I am liberating myself from uh, industry, which is very fickle. And I just feel like... You barbelled. Yeah, I'm less less at the mercy of something that's like that. But yeah, the... Well, what we'd all do in companies that like hockey sticked and, and went mental growth-wise would not be all by Lamborghinis. We'd probably all be like, right, like, 
who can we bring into the team? Like, what, like, let's get this office because it'd be cool to all work Like, get one Lamborghini. Maybe, like, maybe to, we'll share one. Yeah. But, like, but do you, you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't get one, would you? <laughs> if you had 50 million pounds, it would you get a Lamborghini? That, it does interest me that, like, what is the amount at which that uh, seems reasonable? Like, what percentage of your, ass, of your total of your net wealth, worth yeah. would you? Yeah. That's a very good question. Once one at a time, I think. Mm. Um, let's do it as the next thought experiment in Business 103 how much money does Yusuf have to have to <laughs> spend um, any of it frivolously god I just had another point oh yeah so all of us have been in situations so your is your trading story it's on on yeah, some life we've fails got, isn't we've it so like you were you were put in a position that again so like the reason I referenced the revenue thing is I just don't think unless you like have this big windfall like inheritance or something mm. people aren't presented with like X amount of money and then 10 times that so suddenly it doesn't really happen in life mm. but if we've all been in a situation where something like that's happened mm. has it affected your happiness mm. like have you have you suddenly thought like oh I'm so much happier life's now. complete now well, I don't need a, to do anything else like, yeah, there's that true. really well cited study in America isn't it I think it's $75,000 in America or 58,000 58,000 yeah. pounds per year is the point at which an increase in salary essentially has no impact on your amount of happiness. It's mental, that, isn't it? Yeah. 58,000. You hear that and you think, bollocks. Fuck off, man. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's quite scary. And 58,000. Pitching for everyone's like driving towards Especially people who are already over that, who are still going Bob's, for more, mm. even though data suggests. <laughs> and their past experience, like which is even more <laughs> valuable to those people. But yeah. Crazy. So I suppose if you if you're in a job, you're thinking about leaving it, and you've experienced a pay rise, and your happiness hasn't increased in proportion to the pay rise, leave. There we go. Yeah. Um, any Possibly. other any Don't, other points? I am so, not a professional. Do not take my advice. Yeah. Serious advice. Yeah. So you know, like um, Daniel Sloss has the number of divorces and breakups that Jigsaw has caused in his Twitter oh, bio. God. Like, if we start totting up the number of people that have left their jobs to go, Ooh. do not ring me, I repeat, <laughs> do not ring me and tell me that you've left your job because of this. Yeah. Have a strong and frank discussion with all of your friends and then message me at Chris Willex on all or social just media. enroll at Propane Business and we'll teach you how to we've, we've had a lot of people that have quit their jobs over the last yeah. few months because, because their revenue just... Completely. It's so ballsy, but this, so the other thing as well to consider, which is a total other element to this, is most jobs. In the same way that Juju Mufu had his, most normal jobs that don't take up too much of your time will not prohibit you from starting a business outside. Yeah. yeah. Like, so we, why can you not? Because the inevitably, the first two years, no matter how fucking good your business is. The first year of it, especially if you've never done business before, the first two to three years of it, you're going to see growth at a pace which is so slow, it's fucking unrecognizable. You see losses mm. most of the time. Like statistically, you'll see big losses in the first year, definitely. Yeah. Loads like, of business are lost making up to a million quid revenue. <laughs> Bonkers. <laughs> Bonkers. Like like big businesses. Like that, you remember the, the book? There's a book, there's yeah, a really yeah. well-known book called Ready, Fire, Aim, which talks about like challenge from zero to a million acquiring a base of customers to generate a, a million in revenue. But you'd be loss making. <laughs> but a challenge from a million to 10 million, just trying to become profitable. Fuck me. Like, I can't get my head around it. But yeah, like, you're right. Like, you can't... There, there's a, there are things you can wake up and do in your 10-hour day, how long you want to work. But that's not going to make the business grow any faster. Yeah. Chances are. Unless you're doing, like really revenue generating things so that's one of the things people are saying about the podcast oh hey man like so what you know 
what are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna like start doing start doing that more. Yeah, like ah, it's alright. Yeah, and yeah. like well, I, I, like, start what do doing we, it more. What do you mean more? <laughs> like what's more? Like produce more than two episodes a week. There's an open yeah. limit on how much time people can listen, and I think that's about twice a week. If I'm wrong, tell me. But I don't think I am. I'm not wrong. Um, so like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Yeah, upgrade the fucking production quality, but that's just a a, a matter of investing in kit. Mm. What would I like if I was doing the fucking podcast full time? What would I do? What would you do differently? Just write up loads of really, really fucking well-prepped notes. Mm. It's why the top podcasts are not purely profit-based. Like they are, they started and probably still are very much passion projects for people. And, you know, like the Joe Rogan one kind of has become profitable as a result, but Mm. I'm sure he's turned away a lot of sponsors and things. Someone's tried to put him onto a exclusive podcast network. So, you know, like oh, iHeartRadio uh, right, or something really? like you have to, you have to download the app to listen to Joe Rogan. Like, and it, that would be worth to any company. It would be worth a stupid amount of money. So it'd be great for him personally, but he's, he's, he's beyond, probably beyond the 58,000 pounds of uh, <laughs> well, yeah. income. That but it would be great for him personally, but terrible for his legacy. Yeah. You know he's, I mean? at, he's at a point where like brand is more important than revenue really in terms like short term I think it's always been that way I just, I but as it, even, even if you were viewing it purely financially if it was like oh, yeah. do we make the decision short term but he can monetize harder yeah. even if it was financial he could yeah. there would have to be it would be an inordinate amount of money yeah like Arab Sheikh money oh right <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah like billions yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a side point have you seen the video where someone's cut all of the times that Donald Trump has said the word billions I have, yeah. Billions, billions and billions and billions. Yeah. billions. It hours long, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's about 10 minutes long. It's lots of billions. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I remember hearing Jim Wendler, who made 531, like the the strength program on the internet. He, like, he did like a 30 minute video about like business. And he's a super like, like no bullshit man. Being potatoes. Like big, bald, bearded powerlifter done lots of drugs, very honest about it, extremely strong, squatted a thousand pounds. Like, you don't a thousand get solid A thousand ass. solid ass. You don't get to that point by like getting sucked in by fads. Like that man has squatted until he squatted a thousand pounds. And he just said, when you're starting, just don't do it for income. Don't do it to be your income source because you just make decisions that prioritize getting money in now over the long-term trajectory, which is why we... We talk about like have your freedom number, the number that you have, the revenue has to get to for you. Like, right, I could leave if I wanted to. So know what that is for you. Like, know what your costs are. Build your business to that point, and then either you've doubled your income, or great, you can leave and maintain your income. Also great, like mm. zero downside, infinite upside. It's a really nice little rule. Uh, well, I hope it's that we've it's a massive one. I hope that we've helped some people in understanding where they're at with their career and stuff like that at the moment. Uh, I think we had some questions, didn't we? We have had some questions submitted. I promise that we will get round to them. We might have to peel off a little bit of business principles one or three so that we can do them. Any stuff that you want us to speak about, whatever the topics are, whatever the issues are that you're encountering with career or business, feel free to leave it in the comments below. And do not forget to get a lovely buttery psoas from SoWrite. They will send out one of their great manipulation tools to one person who leaves us a review on iTunes or wherever else you are listening. So leave us a review there and I'll choose someone and let you know. Get away, get away.